Welcome back to Judging Book Covers, your bi-weekly book club podcast where we're going through our 2019 challenge list. I'm Stephanie Cortez, and as always, I'm joined by my awesome co-host, Megan Griffin. How are you doing tonight, Megan? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Getting warm, because I think summer might actually be here, maybe. Yeah, there's like some heat wave coming through, and all hope of a calm summer maybe <laughs> just went out the door. Yeah. <laughs> Did I mean, you guys get like massive amount of rain last week? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Which yeah, was it was really like annoying. <laughs> nonstop torrential. <sighs> really yeah. annoying. But I mean, <sighs> I feel like I'm always like, yeah, I'll go to the beach like one or two times in the summer and then I never go. But I like <laughs> I would want a warm day if I ever actually make it to the beach. Yes. Yeah, I actually <laughs> texted my friend Ariel and was like, she goes to the beach. They, they live in Long Island. And um, I was like, have you gone yet? And she's like, no. And I was like, let me know when you're thinking because, like, for some reason, actually laying in sand and reading a book sounds really appealing right yeah. now. Yeah. So I don't know if I'll actually get in water, but at least <laughs> it'll be peaceful. That's okay. <laughs> when I go in the water, it's it takes me a while to walk in up to, like, maybe knee level, maybe waist and then I just start panicking in my brain about all the sharks that could be around me that I don't see. So. Yep. Oh, and you live in Rhode Island now, so. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. And that's actually, my dad used to always take us to Musquamacate in Rhode Island. So that's like the only beach I ever really, really went to frequently. And uh, yeah, they're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm good. I'm so good. <laughs> yeah. So I don't swim in the ocean. I will not. No. Except for, okay, when, in our honeymoon, we did go kayaking with a group and anchored and then, like, did snorkeling. That was fun. We did see a shark. Chris no. did immediately chase it with our underwater camera to try to take a picture. It was, like, a big shark, but I was just like, we just got married. I'm going to end up a widow. <laughs> Imagine the story of, like... Yep, didn't even know. move him over to my insurance. He probably hadn't put me on his life insurance. <laughs> oh, that just would be like, I don't know. That's just so, not wonderful, but wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got married. And then he and chased then, a shark. <laughs> yep. It ended just like you would expect it to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh. So. Yeah, to the, the beach in Maine. Yeah. It's beautiful and cold and peaceful. Yeah. So. I think I just. Yeah. I'm ready. I was ready for summer because I really wanted seafood. That's. That's fair. Like literally it. <laughs> I just wanted That's the seafood. Fair. It's time for light seafood and, and salad and. Yeah. All that good stuff. Chris surprised <laughs> me with lobster last week because. I wasn't feeling well and couldn't go to my dad's for Father's Day. So, and that's where I was. We were supposed to have lobster. So I couldn't have lobster. And then I also wasn't feeling well, still wasn't feeling well when Chris's parents came down to Rhode Island from Massachusetts. So I did not go with them to the Peruvian restaurant that I love going to. I've only been there once, but it's really good. Yeah. So he went shopping, grocery shopping, and I went to help him with the bags. And he he hands me one. He's like, be careful with this one. I said, oh, okay. Is it eggs? He said, no. It's like, okay. It's, it was the lobsters. <laughs> they That's were on amazing. sale. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember the Facebook post of like, Stephanie just said, I love you. I don't know if it was to me or the lobster. <laughs> I was talking to him. 
But I did compliment the lobster for tasting so good. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) All right. Yeah, me too. And Peruvian food. (laughs) Oh, yes. That sounds good, too. So before we get into what we read this week, I believe last week you were going to read Lock Every Door. Yes. How'd that go? newest Riley Sayer book. I did actually read it. It is a surprisingly quick read. It is a very um, gothic creepy New York building vibe and I think it's done actually surprisingly well um, and uh, is a bit of a a page turner and is actually kind of perfect if you're one of those I don't know what it is about summer but that's like my thriller time. It's not like I mean I do it again in October but like um, I have the urge to watch the Scream TV show right now mm. and like Slasher just put out a new season. So something about adding Riley Sager's books on top of that, it's perfect. So yeah, if you like that kind of genre, um, definitely worth a read. Nice. So um, was yours another VC v- v- Andrews or was it? Uh, I think- no, it was. Oh, damn it. I totally just like <laughs> I know I can see it in my head and I cannot remember what it was called. Yeah, because I think I finished them finally, the Heaven yes. uh, Castile series, and was like, I really want to dive into reading, rereading other ones, but like, I need, I need a break. Um, it was for your trip. Yeah, the last taking next year. Yes, the last days of the Incas by yeah. Kim McQuarrie. I got it from the library and I started it, but I have not finished it. I didn't realize it was over 500 pages when I picked that one for my next one. So I'm hoping by the <laughs> next time we record, I will be done with that one. Perfect. <laughs> it's good so far. I also didn't realize because I got that one and then the book by the guy who... Hiram something. The He... the one who's basically famous for finding Machu Picchu or discovering Machu oh, okay, Picchu. Gotcha. Um, I didn't realize he thought it was actually the last stronghold of the Incas that they had moved from Machu Picchu out to elsewhere. I can't remember the name of the place. Um, and this book, and, and basically everyone agrees, no, that this, that's not, this wasn't the last stronghold um, that he thought really? it was. Yeah. So I was like, maybe I should have started with his book. Cause I did get his from the library. <laughs> his is also yeah. smaller, but I'm going to go with this one and then maybe I'll read his after just to see what he has to say, even though this one is sort of correcting that kind of. That may be explains why it's a little bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> but is it, is it actually interesting? Yeah. It's got, I did okay. not realize that uh, Hernando Cortez and Francisco Pizarro lived, they were cousins and lived kind of close to each other. Yeah. Didn't know they were related. Maybe I learned that That's in awesome. like history or social studies as a kid and just forgot it. I don't know. But that was interesting so far. Cool. Yeah, and how a lot of like explorers came from this one area that was just like kind of a rough. There wasn't a lot of upward mobility, socially speaking. So it seemed like a lot were like, I got to get out of here, and like that's how I'm gonna make my money. Essentially, if I can make a stamp on the world by exploring and just doing other stuff. So very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, but for this (laughs) week. Our challenge was a book of fables or fairy tales, and we went with The Bloody Chamber by Angela Carter. Had you read this or anything by her? Um, I've actually, I had read The Bloody Chamber because on Fabulous we did um, Bluebird. Mm -hmm. Bluebeard, not Bluebird. Bluebeard. (laughs) Uh, So I've actually, I had only read The Bloody Chamber. 
I had not read the rest of this collection and I had not read anything else by her. Um, but she does come very highly recommended by a lot of people I know that love fairy tales and she's considered one of the like bright feminist minds of the seventies. So what about you? Had you read anything? I had not. And I really liked this. And can we talk about the cover? Do you, what's, what's your cover look like? My cover is black and white with a door. Oh, yours is super cool. <laughs> yours is so much cooler. Tell me about yours. I like yours too, though. <laughs> mine is like, so mine, it includes that the cover was done by Jen Munford, uh, who actually lives in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and works at Name Brand Tattoo Co-op. She's a tattoo artist. And it's very much like a tattoo. It's a yeah. It's our it's our main character from the Bloody Chamber. She has on the ruby necklace. Um, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, and I was like, I, I don't know what this like style of art is called, but I'm like, I want a tattoo made out of this, <laughs> like yeah, or no, that looks like this because it's really cool. Yeah. Um, she's crying. She's got one tear, and it's a red tear. Uh, but then there's also like the inner flap of the book is a drawing of oh the God. Iron Maiden. That's and it's, so cool. I don't know if you could read that, but it says one false step and into the abyss of the dark you stumbled. And it's got like the red blood and the key. Uh, let's see. The back is, I believe that's the skull from yeah. the, the bloody chamber with the bridal veil or a veil on it with flowers. And then the inner flap has, I'm blanking on what type of flower this is. Is that a lily? <laughs> is it a lily? Uh, it's the type of lily I yeah, can't remember. Maybe yeah. a calla lily? Yeah. Um, held by like a, glo- a white gloved hand with a, that red ring. Um, and I just, it's like, Jen Munford, can you please do a tattoo? Like all of my yeah, tattoos? seriously. <laughs> <laughs> um, mine's the Penguin Classic cover. I think this is like the standard you would get. Uh, I think I got it at Barnes and Noble. Um, it's... Uh, a black and white cover with um, a beast and a knocker on the front. I don't know if you can nice. see that. Yeah. And uh, the inside has the Ooh. key. Oh, very and, ornate. Uh, yeah, it's just like, it almost kind of reminds me, I hate to say this, like, it would be one of those like adult coloring books. <laughs> it, yes. Like, there's a lot to color there. Looking at that like yeah. a coloring book, there is a lot you can do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I almost, I debated going to get another copy of this, but I don't have room for that many books. Um, <laughs> but I, I hate, um, per, I think they're called perforated edges, um, mm. where they're like, um, they're not all the same length. It's like they're cut. Yeah, mine's like that choppy. too. Oh, okay. And it bugs me. <laughs> I hate it so much. It's just, it's, it's harder to read. Yeah. Things? I don't know. It, it just, just drives me nuts. It's just not smooth when you go thumbing through your book. <laughs> yes. And it's something about it just, I don't know. It's a lot. Yeah. But. <laughs> um, so did you know anything about Angela Carter before reading? I did not. Okay. Um, I did not. So I kind of just went into this. I think I'd read a synopsis somewhere. I was like, this just sounds very interesting. And when we were talking yeah. about what to do next. So just went, in, went into it blind, basically. Um, yeah, I feel like she has one of the more popular versions of Bluebeard, which is the the Bloody Chamber. Um, and the rest of them, I think I knew the Puss in Boots one, mm-hmm. but the rest of them were very much like, I didn't know anything about them, really. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it makes me want to go and read all of her other stuff, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I am curious. It's it's very interesting. Um, I, It was worth also noting, I don't know how strange this is, there is no e-copy of this book. Oh, okay. Because um, I went to see if I could find that. Because I, I am to the point, like, I just don't carry physical books unless I have to. Yeah. Um, and in this case, I had to because I couldn't find an e-copy of it oh. on Amazon or uh, in my library. So... Wow. Which is uh, very strange. Yeah. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's a it's a fairly short collection. Yep. It's ten um, stories. She does have a, the forward of this one. Mentions that she has four collections of short stories. I'm like, mm-hmm. I want those other three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is your introduction also by Kelly Link? I didn't have an introduction. Oh. I just had like a brief little blurb about, well, a, a bigger blurb about Angela Carter and then a smaller little blurb about Jen Munford, who did the art. And that's gotcha. it. And it jumps right into the bloody chamber. Okay. Yeah, mine's got an introduction by Kelly Link. Um, I didn't read it this time. I I think it just was kind of, I, I honestly, I'm not even going to try to pretend to remember what it's about. I know it's related <laughs> to the actual bloody chamber and not just the collection, um, but it's been I don't read introductions anymore. <laughs> cool. All right. So want to just jump into the first one? Sure. All right. So the first one is the bloody chamber. And I'm just going to kind of skip ahead for a second. I really liked the ending of this one. <laughs> the image That's of fair. her mother. <laughs> yes. Um, our protagonist is, lives with her mom. Her dad died, uh, in war, in, in war, he was a soldier and she basically, she's going to marry this older man. Um, and I just, I liked the beginning of the story in that she's talking, she's like, the protagonist is very hopeful as she's like telling us this, how she's laying awake in excitement on this train as they're going off to his, his castle and it's exciting and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like feeling this just sense of dread building in me. (laughs) Like without, I don't know. I just, the building of that. (laughs) Did you know the story of Bluebeard prior to? No. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So again, went into this one blind, like, Oh, think bad things are going to happen. I know this. I hope you get away. (laughs) That's very, I mean, that's a good eye to have. Yeah. Not that you could, you people who've been married before aren't automatically going to do bad things to you, but he had <laughs> three deceased wives. Yeah. The third of which was fairly recent ish to the point where they had a very quiet ceremony when they got married. Just like, but why? How did they die? How did they die? <laughs> Always a good question. Oh, she died at sea and her body was never found. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh. Plus, like, the imagery of his castle where, um, I think it says, like, laid at the very bosom of the sea where it's cut off by the tide for half the day. It's like, this just does not yeah, sound it's, like a it's, place. It's, not like yeah. a place I'd want to live or visit. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is definitely one of the darker Bluebeard stories um, without being, like, too overtly... I mean, there's death, but, mm-hmm. like... It's very easy to cross the line with Bluebeard and then, like, suddenly throw in rape and things mm-hmm. like that. And um, this does not. 
Um, but it is, yeah, you're right. It's, it's a scary place. Um, and, um, I, I just really quick, the mom. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. The discussion of the mom who's like essentially a pirate mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. also like fought tigers and like. She's not scared of you. She's not scared of anybody. <laughs> like... Nope. She like, first of all, I want her stories. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, then he's like, I'm going to leave you alone for like, what, six weeks, I think. Yes, because business is calling him away. But also actually yeah. kind of before that, there's something we, in. No, it's OK. Just like we see this in this story and then a couple other ones where before they're going to have sex, they, the guy just like strips the woman of all of her clothes. And then they actually in this one, they don't have sex right then. It's just something about. Like that pops up in other stories in this collection of just that stripping away of the clothes first and making it a point to make like a big display of it, sort of. Yep, you gotta love those virginal women standing on, um, which I mean, yeah, another one we get to later definitely even likes talks about how it's the temptation of a woman whose skin who's never been seen by another man. Yeah, I have something to yell about at a future story about it's <laughs> related to that. Perfectly understandable. <laughs> um, but yeah, some business emergency. He gets a phone call. So he has to go away for six weeks, but he's going to leave her with all of the keys. And I did like that scene of him saying, this key does this one and this one. And I'm like, Why? how do you have so many keys? <laughs> he and, has a um, freaking castle. Yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of... Um, oh, goodness. It's got... Tom Hiddleston in it, and I love him. And Jessica oh, yeah. Chastain. Yep. She has it's, the keys. Oh, shit. The, oh, shit. We actually did that oh, one, too. Crimson Peak. Yes. Yes. Crimson Peak. Yes. Yeah. We did that, too, with Bluebeard. It's another version. Yeah. But yeah, she wouldn't give up her keys. She, or she wouldn't give a copy, either, to um, to his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then there's the last key, and he basically says... I kind of like relating it to today's terms. Like it's my man cave. Like, please don't go in there. <laughs> it's where I, he does say it's where he goes to pretend that he's not married. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's, that screams brothel usually. Yeah. But, I also thought she yeah. would last longer than she did in, in not exploring it. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think if like I got married and you put me in a house and you're like, you can explore all these rooms. Here's a house with a hundred rooms, and you can explore ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Not this one, right? And I think if someone went because it's my man cave, I think I'd probably be like, "Yeah, okay, it smells bad. I'm not going. There. <laughs> like, I don't need to know." I'd also be a little offended though if my husband was like, "It's where I go to pretend I'm not married." Yeah. Oh. Okay. Like, what the hell does that mean? Right. Plus, like, <laughs> you're getting a thumbs up in the background. <laughs> You don't have a man cave here. There's no space for you to have one. <laughs> that second bedroom is my office. <laughs> um, plus, like, she's she plays the piano, and he has a piano there for her. He brings in this young man uh, who's blind to come in and tune it for her. So I just thought she'd spend more time on the piano and maybe exploring the rest of the rooms before she went. Cause I, that's of course where this was going to go uh, before oh, yeah. she went to his man cave room. But it's like the same day. <laughs> I mean, it is. She does explore his like office first. <laughs> yeah. Find some old like love letters or like little tokens from his, his, 
uh, previous wives. Yeah. But um, but then she jumps. I mean, I guess I should have also guessed, but I guess I was expecting more like as the weeks went on, blah 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 blah, and then yeah, maybe in like week three of, or four. <laughs> yeah, you get kind of sick of you know exploring everywhere else, and then you're like, yeah, yeah there's this area I can't explore. Like that yeah. makes sense, right? Because I've done everything else. So, but no, it's like the same day. She goes to his man cave, his den, and it's his torture chamber with an Iron Maiden. She, yeah. She finds the remains of his three previous wives, one on like a, like laying in a, a not a coffin, but like, not quite a table, but I can't remember what the word was that she used. Um, but she had been strangled. Um, actually, I think that was the first wife. The second wife, her skull was suspended in the air, crowned with white roses. And the third wife was the one in the Iron Maiden. And she, of course, huh? Still bleeding, maybe? Yes, because she drops the key and it lands in the blood. And of course, yeah. So she runs, she tells the piano tuner, um, and then of course the husband comes home because of course this was a test. And when he oh, asks, yeah, it's always a test. Yeah. Like, this is why if you had waited a day. <laughs> but then I'm also like, would she have just ended up in there? I just, yeah, I feel you like know, he, yeah, he would have found anyway. Way. Yeah. yeah. Cause my question was, did the three wives end up in there because they explored? And if so, how soon did they explore this den? Right. I don't know. Just curious. But um, also, if you're too, looking when, for an excuse, you're always going to find it. Yeah. Also, too, though, he tells her she's going to be punished, and she just kind of accepts this and asks what her punishment's going to be, and he decides decapitation. So, because oh, you know, she just like hangs out and waits for him to call her down to get her head cut off. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, as one does. Yeah, he sends the staff away. Like, he sends everyone away, gives them, like, a holiday, in, I think, in celebration of their, their marriage or whatever, except the the piano tuner does stay with her, um, which is a good thing, because as she's on the court in the courtyard ready to get her head cut off, her mom is flying up on horseback trying to get there, and the piano tuner starts to try to, you know, open the gate for her and get her in. Luckily, our, our protagonist does take like she kind of snaps out of it i think and goes and like helps him get the gates open she comes in and uh her mom comes in and shoots him in the head yeah it's a weird like um domestic like my my husband is you know whatever he says goes he says i should be punished kind of thing it's a weird juxtaposition because like the phone rang so like Mm -hmm. It's a time period with phones, right. and you don't expect that much obedience right. from also, a newlywed wife. Her mom walks around with her dad's old pistol, like in her bag, all the time. Yeah, and clearly, so it's her- not like she was brought up in a family that was like the husband is the head of the house and always right. right. Especially if he wants to cut your head off. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean you don't have to say yes to that. You do not. <laughs> it's okay to run away and try to avoid that. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but she ends up inheriting like because you know, her mm-hmm. husband dies so she inherits they all live together they open a school for the blind which i really kind of love yes i love that that that's what they turn that castle into yeah and there's no ghosts mm-hmm. um I did like to, though, when she first finds the bloody chamber, she has a moment of, oh, my God, I can't go to anyone for help because he's he's rich. He's powerful. Are the police or whatever in his pocket or will they not believe me or will they just kind of let it go if he pays them? Just that sort of sense of helplessness, which can definitely still happen today. Yeah. And she is forever marked. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he pressed the key to her forehead because the blood never yeah. came off. But it is kind of nice. This book was written in the 70s. And, mm-hmm. like, I guess the the lead man or the winning man or the hero, I don't know. The hero is the mom. But the I guess she ends up marrying the, the blind piano tuner. And, like, there's something about the fact that he's blind that I kind of love. Like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just kind of like, hey, thanks for not giving for giving some kind of, you know, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I don't know. It's cool. It's it's just a good I mean, it is, I guess, at the end, because she's really happy that he can't ever see the mark. So, yeah, it is all for that one bit. But but yeah, Um, this is also the longest Mm -hmm. of the stories. Yep. Um, coming in at like 40 something pages if yeah. i remember correctly yeah. yeah the rest are 20 and then under about around 20 yeah. and under yeah yeah so yeah ready to go to the next one yeah next one is the courtship of mr lion which is like basically beauty and the beast but again set in a time where there are cars and phones yeah. and stuff like that <laughs> which i like that change to bringing it uh, them into the more into the present yeah, I I kind of, like, this is the only one that I was like, I wish there was more to it. Because mm-hmm. it seemed to be going down a different path completely at first. Yeah. Um, this one, basically, the father's car breaks down in the snow in the winter. Um, and he goes, goes walking, basically, comes across a house upon a house the door opens on its own so i was like oh magic like i was picturing the disney movie you know when everything's yeah. happening and he can't quite see where you know what's making things happen and i love that there is a king charles spaniel wearing a diamond yes. necklace <laughs> that comes and basically shows him to the study where there's a fire and food comes and stuff like that I just love that that's like sort of like the butler is this king this this little king charles spaniel with a diamond yes. necklace diamond collar um, yeah, the dog is definitely the best part. Yeah. Um, yeah, gives him food. It's like a pastrami sandwich or a roast beef sandwich mm-hmm. and a soda, which was like, yeah. it is this weird juxtaposition of like the French classic mm-hmm. and modern food. Right. And uh, and then like call. Yeah. There's a number to call a repair. Like the guy who owns the house is going to take care of all the repairs and basically just leave without touching anything that you're not supposed to touch. Right. That basically this is what the the master of this house does. He will, this is his way. I guess it's like everyone breaks down in this area, I guess. And then he'll yeah. pay for your car repairs. Um, but then. Probably something about the like magic, you know, Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. I was like the, the, the dog kind of shows him out like, okay, it's time to go. 
Yep. Um, which I was thinking, oh, is it because like the beast is going to come and be angry? Kind of like in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Whereas he only makes the appearance after the dad goes to steal a rose from his garden for his daughter. Yep. And the beast is a lion. I also like that the dad starts talking to him, like, my good fellow. And he's like, but, good fellow. <laughs> I'm a lion, sir. <laughs> like, listen, right. stop your crap. <laughs> right. Like, you're not going to sweet talk me with this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he basically, he lets him go, but says, you have to cut, you have to bring her to dinner, which for a second, I was like, oh, like for dinner, like to eat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like, okay, don't come back, Dad. But they do. And they dine together. And the Beast suggests that she stay with him while the dad sorts out his legal troubles uh, to basically try to, like, regain his fortune that he'd lost with his help that he was going to kind of help him with that. Right. Um, so she also, did- like, where he he uh, kisses her hand. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of like, what the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that basically while she's there, she spends sort of, I think, mostly the days, mostly by herself, but then at night just kind of hanging out and chatting with the beast. Yeah. And then yeah. when the dad's legal troubles are over, she goes home. She promises that she'd come back before before the winter ends. And, of course, she forgets. Yeah, this is kind of the part that I was, like, trying to understand where she was going with this because there's a long... I think paragraph that kind of discusses how like her beauty was fading. Um, she was becoming spoiled. Um, she was kind of becoming a brat and like mm-hmm. all these other things. And I was like, Oh, are we inverting this somehow? Not really. Like, I don't know. It didn't really go anywhere. Yeah. Or at least I didn't understand it. Unfortunately, I guess maybe like the riches that her father has regained are now kind of financing some distractions and making her forget. Cause like they're going out all the time or she's doing this yeah. and doing that. And for to basically just make her forget her promise, um, not to make her forget her promise to the beast, but essentially that's what pushes that out of her mind. Yeah. And she doesn't really want to go back. It's not like she realizes that she forgot and like right. loves the beast. It's kind of like, Oh, yeah, I promised him I should come back. Right, when the dog comes, because the dog comes to her and looks mangy and matted and, like, something's wrong. And and she does, I think, like, think that right away that the beast, there's something wrong with him. So she does run off uh, to go back to him. And he's, of course, dying. Um, I did, like, when he, when she goes to him and he says, I'm dying. Since you left me, I've been sick. Could not go hunting. I found I had n- not the stomach to kill the gentle beast. It's like, oh, oh, but that, now you're yeah. dying. Because <laughs> you weren't eating. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. lions have to eat. I'm sorry. Yeah. So she cries, kisses his paws, and then he turns into a man. Yeah, I like the, the way that it happens, where it's kind of like, oh, if he had just unclenched his paw, it would extend into fingers. Yeah. And like... Like, it was not, it's not like the the Disney movie. Yeah. 
Yes, because also not like the Disney movie, the dog stays a dog. The, yes. The last line is, Mr. and Mrs. Lion walk in the garden. The old spaniel drowses on the grass in a drift of fallen petals. So I was expecting the dog to turn back into maybe a butler or something and yeah. did not happen. No, but I hope the dog gets a long and happy life. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So it's like, is the dog not eating? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, the next one is the tiger's bride. Mm-hmm. And the first line, I was like, I am all set to be angry because the first line is my father lost me to the beast at cards. Like, so your dad is gambling away his daughter. Great, great, great. Yeah. Yeah. The the thing about the beauty and the beast story for the most part is like, at least the origin story and most stories is like, Belle is a great character. Like the father's down on his luck because of some bad investments, not because he's a terrible man and like Belle never wants for anything except for like when her sisters are like you have to ask for something you terrible person you should ask for something so we look less terrible she's like fine bring me a rose mm-hmm. and, and that's always the start of the story but yeah no this dad is horrible but he was just you know gambling and drinking and I apparently they left Russia with like owning land and horses and he lost he steadily lost everything that they had yep. to their names and then her. Yep. Cause you know, you can lose a person. Yep. Ugh. Yep. And, um, let's see. So he loses it to loses her and everything else, everything to the beast who is wearing a big, a, a mask with a man's face painted on it and a long cloak. So you can't really see the beast's body, but that's what everyone <laughs> calls him. It's like, okay. And then he has a valet who basically translates for him. I loved this beast. I'm sorry. He's got a wig. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Also the wig. Pearls. And it's just like, he doesn't hide. Like this is, he goes out. I think he gambles with like anybody that comes into town. Yeah. I think that's the thing is anyone who comes in has to play a game with him. Yeah. But you don't have to keep going and losing everything, including your daughter. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I did also like, so when she's going to go off with the beast, because kind of, again, with that domicile, they said, I have to, like my husband said, he's going to cut my head off. So I have to, she doesn't try to run away. She's, <laughs> she's going to go with them. I mean, at the same time, where would she go? She doesn't have any right. money. Um, but when she's getting into the beast carriage, the dad, uh, the beast gives her like a bouquet of flowers and the dad asks for one to kind of show that she's not upset with him. Like you have the audacity. It's been a day. And (laughs) so yes, she's still upset with you, but, um, she pricks her finger. And so the, the rose she gives him is ends up smeared in blood. I was like, yeah, you take that bloody rose. God damn it. Um, this also leans into, so the original Beauty and the Beast, uh, every night she'd have dinner with the Beast. And the original story is he would ask, will you come to bed with me? And the remake that is more well known, it's, um, will you marry me? Mm. And this one leans into kind of the original by saying, like, I want to see you naked. I really, this, <laughs> because the valet is, he's doing all the trans. I don't think we ever get a name for him. Or... No, I don't think so either. Mm-hmm. That was the other thing. A lot of uh, the characters, most of the women, we don't find out what their names are. Right. Men are more likely, like, we get the blind, the young blind man's name in the first one. I mean, he's a cat, but Puss in Boots, we get his name. Yeah. 
And then there's Wolf Alice at the end. We do get her name. But for the most part, we don't get a lot of the women's names. We did. We don't also get the servant's name in this one. No. But. Yeah. But because it's his job to, like, do the translating, I kind of liked the buildup of he, he clearly didn't want to ask this question. Yeah. Just like, like, my master, he really, my master just has one one thing he wants. Like and then it just kind of comes flying out of his mouth because he, he knows he has to say it. And just like he kind of like word vomit, just spits it all out because he clearly doesn't want to ask her and say that what he really wants right. is to see you without your clothes on. And then once you do that, we'll bring you back to your dad along with everything else your dad lost to to the beast. Yeah. And, and not even that. It's also like, and in addition, all these like fine furs and jewels. And, mm. and it's like, basically, all you have to do is stand naked in front of me. Right. And you get all this prize. And she's like. No. Yeah. Or no, she gives him a counter offer. You put me she in does, a window yeah. windowless room. I will pull up my skirt, but you have to put a sheet over my face. You can't bring a light in. <laughs> so there's no yeah. light. <laughs> so that's her counter offer. I will do it. You will not be able to see me. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, she's smart and of course he's like Whoa, why are you countering? Right. Um Right. So yeah. That arrangement obviously doesn't work out. <laughs> that she doesn't agree. <laughs> right. Um, let's see. I do like that she keeps throwing out that she's going to do these things. Mm-hmm. Like, they put her in a room and she's like, okay, I'm going to twist a noose and oh, yeah. hang myself. And he's like, you're a woman of honor. You're not going to do that. Right. And then later they're like riding horses and she's like, okay, I'm going to take my horse and run to the city. And he's like, you're a woman of honor. You're not going to do that. It's yeah. Like, Fuck that. <laughs> And she doesn't, though. She doesn't do either no, of those she doesn't. things. Yeah. I did yeah. also like, too, when she's shown to her room before that, I'm going to make a news thing or right around then. Um, her maid comes in and her maid is a machine. <laughs> it's like, this is interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like almost weirdly sci-fi, but not. It's yeah. like a weird combination. Yeah. And basically the valet's like, oh, we, we just got rid of servants we you know it's fine this is all we need (laughs) let's see i think he off he asks a a second time Mm -hmm. and then she says no and then when they're riding the valley says okay if you're not gonna see let him see you without your clothes you must then see him naked and like a weird way of saying you must take my dick pic, but basically, yeah. And the valet, she can see how scared the valet is if, if she disagrees. So she she just nods, fine. Um, and so when the the mask and the cloak and the wig all that comes off, it's a tiger. Yeah, like an actual because she hadn't seen anything any part of him before yeah. that. He was just like goofy, tooty, weird character. Yeah. And I think she also... I think she flashes him a little bit. Yeah, she, like, yeah. flashes a little bit of her boobs. Yeah. Um, but there's something about seeing the tiger, and, like, that kind of brings her back to, like, everything good in the world, and then... I don't know. This is, this is a really weird retelling of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. And, uh, like, 
her dad, you know, get oh, yeah. everything sorted. And basically they're like, you can go back to her dad. And instead she, she's going to stay. But I did yeah. like that this one, it had like the magic mirror. Yeah. Um, Cause first she sees her dad looking the first time she looks in the mirror, she sees her dad looking kind of haggard. He's drinking. And the second time is after this, and he's like counting up money or he's, you know, clearly in good spirits. And, and at first I was like, why are you in good spirits? Like you're, you lost your daughter. How? And I didn't, I wasn't thinking that he already had all of his stuff back from the beast. Yeah. Um, her dad's terrible. Yeah. He's terrible. So I don't blame her for deciding to stay. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And not only does she stay, she turns into a tiger. Yes, she does. She basically, she's, I think she says somewhere in here that she hasn't been, she's not used to even her own nakedness. So she strips herself, looks in the mirror, and then she puts on his furs and the diamond earrings that he gave her. And when she goes to him, she runs into the valet, who is apparently also a tiger or some type of cat, giant cat. (laughs) Yeah. Which was interesting. Um, And then also to the furs turned into a pack of rats. I was not super comforted by that part. No. But she goes to the... I did like the end, though, when she goes to the beast. Um, Her earrings turn... They said, my earrings turn back to water and trickle down my shoulders. I shrug the the drops off my beautiful fur. It's like, oh, that's an interesting ending. Yeah, it's just like a, an inverted, she turns into the beast rather than yeah. the beast turn human again. And um, this also is the one that has the line where like, she's like, essentially, why do you want to see me naked? And it's the side of a young lady's skin with no man, with mm-hmm. that no man's seen before. And she says, I wish I'd rolled in the hay with every lad on my <laughs> yes. father's farm. Just disqualify me from such, from this humiliating bargain. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think that is actually my favorite part of this entire book. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. But yeah. Yeah, it's like a weird magical realism mm-hmm. inverted version of this. Yeah. Of Beauty and the Beast. I hope she goes and eats her father after this. I do too. <laughs> I do too. Good riddance. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, the next one after this was Puss, Puss in Boots. And I kept yeah. picturing Puss yep. from Shrek. <laughs> Yep, that's completely ruined it. And hearing, Have you ever seen his movie? Huh? The, like, standalone Puss in Boots movie? No, I haven't. I've only I haven't seen either. just when he was in Shrek. Um, Same. Yeah. So, wait, have you? did you see the standalone? No, I just oh, okay. was curious if it was related to this at all. Yeah. Or, like, I don't, I actually don't know the original Puss in Boots story. I, I don't either. Uh, and then I kept hearing you know Antonio Banderas. Also... <laughs> yes, Same. Uh, this is also like similar to the Barbara Seville, so um, I don't actually. I wish I had looked up the the Puss in Boots one, but I didn't. Yeah. Um, but the story is a lot of fun and is ridiculous. Yes. Because at first I was like, "Wait, does the cat talk? Like, can people understand?" And yes, he talks. People understand oh, yeah. him. Uh, basically, he did get his. He has. He has boots that were given to him by his master. Um. His master is quite charming. He beds any, any, basically every woman wants to sleep with him, including, <laughs> let's see if I can find where it was. Let's see. Cause this one caught me off guard for a second. 
Blah, 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 mayor's wife. And then the wife of the notary unshuffled her petticoats. And if I could, I would blush to remember how her daughter shook out her flaxen plates and jumped in bed between them. <laughs> Jesus. So basically had a threesome with the notary's wife and daughter. <laughs> yep. So he he's, I guess, quite a ladies' man. But he falls in love. <clears throat> As all ladies' men eventually do. Yes. With a woman just, you know, love at first sight, seeing her smile type of thing. But she's married. She's married to Senor Pant- uh, Pantaleon, mm-hmm. who basically keeps her locked up sort of in a tower, except for when it's time to go to church, then she's allowed out. And she's only allowed to, when she's in the tower, she's only allowed to look out the window basically one hour each day. And he has an old hag to watch over her. It's like the weirdest, like, I don't, why? Yeah. Other than he's an old man with a young wife and probably paranoid, but like. Yeah. Yeah. And that he, I think basically he's impotent, but he's going to keep her away from all other men. Yes. And uh, there's a tabby friend. (laughs) Tabs. (laughs) Who, Yeah. Basically, I just, so Puss in Boots basically hooks up with her, and that's how he finds out that the tabby cat finds out all the info about the woman and her husband and and all that. Yeah, because Puss does. He's like he finds this ridiculous. He's like, "You're not really in love. Once you better, it's, it'll be fine. We'll move on." Um, I do find it hilarious, like that. Occasionally, um, Puss will say things, and his master's like, "Don't be crude." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stop Had enough crude. of your mouth. <laughs> um, but yeah, essentially that's what they set up the plan to do is for yeah. an excuse for his master to bed this woman. Yeah. So first they start with the serenading. So he goes out and he, you know, serenades her and Puss is able to get up to the tower to tell her, hey, look down. That's that's my master. He's all about you. Check him out. He's singing to you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I think, is that when she pa- he passes the note to her, or is that after? Yes, I don't remember. That might be the next time. Um, but then the next plan that he hatches with that little tabby cat is rats. Basically, yes. uh, his master dresses up at, and puts out a sign saying he, he and this cat, like, they can get rid of any mice, or rats anywhere. And then that tabby cat basically spends a whole bunch of time getting the house ready. And what I mean by that is she brings in a bunch of rats, dead and dying, and leaves them all over the place. <laughs> I know. It's apparently the, the hag. smell. Yes. The old hag is allergic to cats, but also is terrified of rats. So yes. that's what allows yeah. her out of the house. Yes. And it gives an excuse because he does bed her. Mm-hmm. And because she is a virgin, mm-hmm. she bleeds on the sheets. Yep. And now they have an excuse as to why there's blood on the sheets. Right. And why there's a ruffled bed. I loved it yep. so much. I was just it like, also, this is ridiculous. Also the noise. Because they, he yes. tells Puss to go and like try to help cover this noise that they're making. Yes. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, the rats. And then, let's see. 
I think after that is when he's talking to the tabby cat again and talking about how rich the woman's husband is. And they devise a plan essentially where he's going to essentially, she's going to trip him up as some, some cats would do, but on the stairs and he dies. (laughs) Yep. And of course, when that happens, Puss in Boots and his master are outside dressed up as a doctor. Like picturing all these disguises, like it's fake mustaches, so and like you fun. don't recognize yes. him, lady. <laughs> nope, she's a hag. Of course, she doesn't. Yeah, and then again with the keys, the hag tries to get the keys, and the wife's like, "Oh no, get no." She stops her from taking them, and she takes them, and then of course, her and the guy hook up again, and of course, mid act, the hag comes in with uh, <laughs> I think with the Undertaker, maybe. I think comes so, up yeah. with someone, yeah. Because they're like, you don't need a doctor, you need an undertaker. Right. Um, so the woman says, I'm a rich widow now. Um, if you just kind of relax, you can have this gold. This guy is going to be my second husband. And she goes along with it because apparently in the will, the husband only left the hag a keepsake of the cup he drank his morning water from. She's like, that's real nice. Yeah. yeah. And then... It's like this one is written in a more adventurous, I don't want to say upbeat, because it's not like the last three were really like downers. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's a different flow. Yeah. This one's more, I know the guy dies, but more fun <laughs> sounding, yeah. like more fun yeah. seeming. It's like a story you would hear drinking in a uh, tavern. Yeah. And then, oh, and then two also, it ends with, obviously, the man and the woman together, and then Puss and the tabby cat are together, and also now parents. And they have Yay. three little kitties, I think. I think so, yeah. 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 New minted ginger kittens. Yeah. With snowy socks and shirt fronts. Yeah. So the next one's called The Earl King? Mm-hmm. This one. I feel like the end, yeah, this was the one where the end of it, I was like, hell, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, this is, like, the least kind of... Well, I guess the last one also wasn't really hiding what it was an adaptation of. Yeah. Because Earl King is, like, a... It's, like, a goblin. Ow, leg. Yeah, this is more folklore than fairy tale. So it's kind of the first one of that. Yeah. Uh, Basically, the Earl King lives in the heart of the woods and basically lives off the land eating, you know, whatever he finds, like mushrooms, berries, whatever. Um, calls to the protagonist with the song of a bird and she goes to him and falls in love with him and keeps going back to him every night and sometimes also during the day. <laughs> but all throughout it's, it's, it's talks like the Earl King will do you grievous harm. Like it's, it's not a good, not a good guy. No, he's a goblin. Right. But she can't resist. She's in love. She can't resist. Um, he has many pretty cages with a lot of pretty birds inside. Mm-hmm. And she remarks about how cruel it is to keep these wild birds in cages. And he just laughs at her um, when she says that. And that's it. And she, she comes to realize what's going to happen. That he's essentially teaching her how to like build her own cage and that he's going to essentially trap her in this cage like all these other birds, all these other women that he has trapped. 
That's not, it's kind of terrible that you're going to trap someone, but in the cage that they built. Right. Right. It's so much worse. Right. But somehow she is able to not end up with that Felix. I don't what makes her different or what makes her kind of snap out of it, but um, he's laying with his head on her knees and she takes two handfuls of his hair and strangles him with his hair. And then she opens all the cages and lets the birds free. And then they change back into the young girls that they are, each and every single one of them. Um, And they're free. Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of set up that maybe she knew all along that he was not a good dude. And Mm -hmm. like, like, I I don't know if she was faking it or not. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it was it was very much like I knew from the beginning you would do me grievous harm. So, yeah. Although maybe she didn't know how bad it would be in the, just the realization yeah. of, oh, wait, all these cages and what you're making me build and what's, who is probably in these cages. Maybe that's what yeah. snapped her out of it. At some point you realize maybe all of these women have gone missing. Yes. Also <laughs> like, oh, so-and-so went missing from the village again, you know? Yeah. Huh. Who would have guessed? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The next one is the shortest one. It's yes. like a pa- maybe a full page, maybe a little over one full page if it was all on one page. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah and it's also, um, I don't know if I would say the darkest, but it's pretty fucking dark. I'd say it's, yeah, yeah, pretty, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, the Bloody Chamber does have an Iron Maiden and that's not good. Right, it's not. But yeah, but we is... do get the satisfaction of our protagonist in that one getting yeah. away. <laughs> yeah. This one, not so much. Or and like, yeah. What is the point of this one? So right, it's like loosely Snow White. Yeah, it's called the Snow Child, and um, basically a count and his wife, the Countess, they're riding, and he says he wants a girl as white as snow, as red as blood, as black as the bird's feather. And I had to reread that several times because, mm-hmm. like, it's not lips as red as blood, right? Or hair, hair. As black as snow. It's like Just I want three different children, almost. Yeah. So, but he they end up coming across a woman with white skin, red mouth, or young, not woman, young girl, white skin, red mouth, and black hair, and stark naked, of course. The child of his desire and the countess hated her. So basically the countess tries to get rid of her. Yeah. (laughs) She drops a glove in the snow and tells the girl to look for it. And basically her plan is to, to ride off and the count's like, Oh no, no, I got you. I'll get you some new gloves. And then the countess's furs jump off of her shoulders and onto the young girl. So then she throws a diamond brooch through the ice of a pond and tells her to dive in and fetch. And the count says, no, 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 she can't do that. It's fine. And then it's the so countess's cold. boots. Yeah. <laughs> her boots fly off and go on to the young girl's legs or feet. So then it says he felt sorry for his wife. And I'm like, did. What the fuck is going on here? Right. So then the countess, they come across a bunch of roses and she says to the girl to pick her one. So the count says, sure, like I can't, that's like a reasonable request. 
but the girl pricks or picks up the rose, pick, pricks her finger, bleeds, and and dies. And Which the count seems horrible enough in and of itself, right? Like that killed you. But okay, then the count, weeping, rapes her corpse. Yeah. While the countess watches, and I was just like, "Why? Why are we doing this?" I, yeah. And then the girl... I wish I understood what we were trying to accomplish in this one. Yeah. The girl melts, leaving a bloodstain um, and a feather, I think. Yeah, it's... Um, oh, and the rose. Snow. Yeah, snow. Yep. <clears throat> yep, bird's feather and blood. Yep. And then the countess gets all her clothes back. And the count gives her that rose. And I guess it pricked her, too. And she says it bites. It's like... Yes. I guess she became the flower. I don't know. Like I don't know. So she dropped it. So oh. this I would ask. I would definitely agree that this is the darkest one, the shortest yeah. one, and the darkest one. Okay, so I'm looking at an analysis of it, and the story is based on a short tale about a wife telling her absent husband that she was impregnated by a snowflake, and then the husband later killed the child and saying that it melted. So it's Jesus Christ. Okay. I guess. Ooh. I don't because at one point I was like, is this him like replacing her? Like, is it some kind of Right. But, but then But then he feels bad for his wife. Right. I don't know, it's a weird oppression at whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next one is the Lady of the House of Love. <laughs> you finally get a vampire. <laughs> yes. We get the queen of the vampires who she lives alone and she is the last of her kind countess Nosferatu Uh, or she lives alone, but she also has an old crone who tends to her. This has an old crone or an old hag in these. I think it's a crone in this one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a crone in this one. Um, Basically a young British officer comes to the house and he stays or he's fed and allowed to stay. He's a virgin virginity it's always a big deal especially um, for vampires huh especially for vampires yeah. did you ever see did you, um oh god what was it called it's a movie with jim carrey like early jim carrey once bitten i think it was called she needed the blood no. of a virgin to like stay young and alive and he no, was the object yes yeah. <laughs> so all good. right <laughs> Yep. Is it like funny the, Jim Carrey or is it Yeah, like- this is like before like Ace Ventura Jim Carrey. Like this is like 80s, I think 80s. Wow. I'm going to look. Um, once, ooh, once, but in 1985, is this you? Yes, 1985. Lauren Hutton, Jim Carrey, Karen Coppins. He's an innocent and naive high school student who is seduced in a Hollywood nightclub by a sultry blonde countess. Who, unknown to him, is a vampire. Centuries old. But she needs the blood of a, of a virgin to... I think she needs it, like, every so often. Oh, she's required to drink the blood of a young male virgin three times by Halloween each year to keep her immortality and youthful appearance. Interesting. I know there's a dance scene or a dance-off or something. I'm going to have to find this now. Yeah. <laughs> it, does, it sounds like the least Jim Carrey thing I've ever heard of. It's Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
We have a reluctant vampire here. Maybe not reluctant. Um, maybe sick of being a vampire is better. Yeah, she seems super not into it. Yeah, some serious ennui going on. Yeah. She, I think each morning she does her tarot cards, mm-hmm. but she doesn't like, I guess I would be expecting more of a, a relishing in the eating of her victims or the drinking the blood. And then she doesn't seem to. So it seems like she's over it. Yeah. Plus she is the last of her kind. Like that's probably lonely. That has got to be lonely. Yeah. Yeah. And she can't keep the rabbits alive. Yeah. Um, so let's see. The young male virgin comes. He's fed. He's allowed to stay. Uh, when he meets her, because he doesn't see her for a while. He's only interacting with that old crone at first. And when he meets her, she's in a white, a big white wedding dress. 50 or 60 years out of date, but still a wedding dress. And uh, Yeah. <laughs> I think he bumps the table or she bumps the table or something and drops the cards and he he shuffles them and he puts them down and the first card is I think death because I think it was a skeleton but then he covered the next card he like he goes to cover it just because he doesn't want to see like the the image on it and it's two young lovers and to me it seemed like she didn't want to kill him like she didn't no she's kind of done yeah yeah um but she's kind of kind of go through the ritual and then he starts being referred to as the bridegroom which I thought was interesting Let's see. Yeah. and also she wears glasses <laughs> oh yeah like a vampire who wears glasses interesting I mean granted if you go back to Buffy there are a couple of vampires who wear glasses <laughs> do they need them though but yeah <laughs> because I feel like there's at least one time where a vampire says something to Buffy or to someone else about like all my like senses are heightened and blah 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 and I feel like they didn't he didn't need the glasses but there is that vampire working for Spike and Drusilla who has glasses and I swear it was just to make him look like the nerdy studious oh, vampire <laughs> yeah definitely. you have to have one of those in the group right but she has glasses she needs glasses and she drops them and they shatter and she cuts herself and she's trying to pick up the pieces. So he goes to help her and he kind of like kisses her hand or puts the wound to his mouth. And I did like that part too, where when that happens, her painted ancestors turn away their eyes and grind their fangs. How can she bear the pain of becoming human? I was like, that's all it takes. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like the no opposite steak. of a vampire bite. Right. No steak, no, va- no decapitation, no fire. Yeah. No sunlight. So he um, go he goes to bed, and when he comes back, he co- he finds her at her card table, thinking she's asleep, but realizing that she's actually died, and that in death she actually looks much older, not as beautiful, but also for the first time she actually looks human. So it seems yeah. like he kind of set her free. And um, but it sucks for him because he's going to World War One. Yeah. Which is not good. Um, yeah, lost generation there. Um, yeah, it's an interesting like twist or uh, gender swap, and um, but also I, I don't know. I like the reluctant vampire. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if we know how old she is. 
Um, I know she's a descendant of Vlad the Impaler, but I don't remember yeah. how many generations removed she is. Yeah. So she can't be too old, honestly, because he yeah. was, I want to say 1600. Mm. But it's kind of got to be lonely to see everyone yeah. else, you know, die. Yeah. The end of vampires. Yeah. So the next one is the werewolf. We have another beast, but specifically a werewolf. This one, my God. <laughs> this one is fun. But, well, yeah. okay, that's not the right word. It, yeah. It's something. It's something. So it's kind of a take on Little Red Riding Hood. Uh, we're in northern country. It's They have cold weather and they have cold hearts also. But it's snowing. Uh, vampires are real. Basically, garlic can help keep them out of your house. And, and werewolves are also real, as are witches. All so, magical <laughs> Yeah. So a young woman goes... She's going to go to her grandmother's house. She gets sent there with oat for, with oat cakes and her father's hunting knife. Mm-hmm. And she's attacked by a large wolf. But because she's a young woman who has grown up on the mountain, she knows how to handle herself. She dodges out of the way and slices off the wolf's paw. And then she packs it up and takes it with her. <laughs> Which I was like, okay. Yeah, she like puts it in the oat cakes too, doesn't yes. she? Yes. Yeah. Well, like, well, it's, it's her basket. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. The wolf goes off, injured, obviously, goes off. And the girl continues on her way, and then she gets to her grandmother's house, and she finds her grandmother sick in bed, moaning in her sleep, shaking, so she's worried about her. Um, seems like she also has a fever. The, um... Stupid fly. Sorry. <laughs> uh, the young girl, basically, she goes to her basket and when she shakes the wolf's paw onto the floor it's not a wolf's paw it's a hand and looking at the hand with the wedding ring and the wart on the third finger she realizes it's her grandmother's hand so she pulls back the sheet and sees that her grandmother is in fact missing a hand it's a bloody stump so she cries out the neighbors come and then they, this is, they knew the wart on the hand at once for a witch's nipple. They drove her out and basically stoned her to death. Yeah. And then the last line, now the girl lived in her grandmother's house. She prospered. So who's evil in this story? Is it the grandmother <laughs> or is it the granddaughter who killed her grandmother? Probably knew her grandmother was a werewolf and was like, no, I just want your fucking house. I mean, did she know? Because the grandmother did then attack her then. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that she knew. It seemed, and I don't know. I, but then the question is, when the grandmother was in her werewolf form, did she know that she was attacking her granddaughter? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think she... I would be curious to see this from, like, the grandmother's point of view. Yeah. And it's like... <laughs> also, how did you become a werewolf? I need to know. Yeah. I mean, I guess she goes for the throat. But again, who knows? I don't know. I, it, I don't know. I feel like... The granddaughter's not as innocent. (laughs) She does also get sent there, it seems. Like, yeah. It's not necessarily her choice. It seems like it's her mom who's sending her to do it or to go to her grandmother with these cakes. Well, it does say go and visit grandmother who has been sick. So maybe she had been sick and they didn't know she was actually a werewolf now. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's a good one. (laughs) And it's also very short. It's like two pages. Yeah. Yeah. Five mile walk in snow. Don't Ugh. stray. Yep. Because there are bears. Because you know yep. there's vampires and witches and the devil. But God forbid you get eaten by a fucking bear. Right. Right. Yeah. 
And then we have basically the same message in the next story, which is the company of wolves. Same type of thing. Um, but in this one, it does start off with telling us how people just turn into werewolves all the freaking time. <laughs> or Goddamn. can be turned into them. Like the witch who turned an entire wedding party into wolves because the groom had chosen another girl. I did love that. Yeah. I mean, like, that is, like, my level of petty. Yep. Like, oh, this is what you want to do? Here you go. Yep. Everyone. Yep. <laughs> uh, but then it also tells the story, a brief story about a young woman who got married, and then her, on their wedding night, the husband went out to pee, and then he never came back, and her family could not find him. He was just gone. So they assumed that, I guess, Wolves got him, that he was dead, so she moved on. She married and had two kids. And then one day her first husband comes home and then has the audacity to call her a whore for moving on, getting <laughs> married and having kids when his ass was gone for literally years. Supposed to I'm sit so angry for a lifetime. Yep. It's a lifetime. Yep. It's, I wish I was a wolf again to teach you poor a lesson is basically <laughs> what he says. Like, are you fucking kidding oh. me? So he does turn into a wolf and he chomps on her son's leg, but then they are able to kill him. But as he's dying, he turns back into his human form and she cries. And then her second husband beats her. And I was like, I just, I can't with you. All of it's bad. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So wolves are real. <laughs> and then you can get taken or turned into them anytime. They're called men. <clears throat> right. Right. Um, but our, our young girl in this story wants to go to her grandmother's house. And I think this is one where her mother basically can't deny her anything. She's the youngest child, I believe. So she's kind of, ba not babied, but like allowed to do sort of, sort of the baby favorite type of thing. Yep. So she takes a knife with her in her basket. And of course she meets a man in the woods and they're chatting and he offers to carry the basket and she does let him take it. He says he has, he has a, a gun or a rifle with him and says that that's why he's not afraid. Um, and he basically bets her that if he goes off the path, he can get to her grandmother's house before her, if she stays on the path and he goes off, takes her basket with him. And I thought that he like kind of doubled back and killed her because when we cut to him getting to grandma's house, he's chewing on something and has a faint trace of blood on his chin, but he was I don't know, eating something else. I missed yeah. what it was, but it wasn't her. Because yeah, he gets I was trying there. to see if I could hmm? find out. I was trying to see if I could find out what he yeah. was eating, but I think I just missed a bit here. Whoops. Yeah. This is the woman that, like, feels that because she's a virgin, she's okay going into the forest. Right? Yeah, and she's, like, not afraid. She's just... Yeah. Like, her just, virginity will save her. Yeah, and maybe her youth, too, that she's just young and not afraid. Uh, yeah, but he gets to Grandma's house first, and he does some mimicking here and pretends to be the granddaughter and gets let in and kills the grandmother hides the proof of it because he basically has time to do all this hide the like the bones and stuff and then the granddaughter gets there and then he does like the like he pretends to be the grandmother and lets her in and yeah yeah he also has a big dick don't forget that oh yeah definitely My has bad. a big dick probably like one of the last things that that poor grandmother saw yep because of course you giant gen genitals yes i take off all your clothes before you turn into a wolf yes well you don't want to ruin your clothes i mean 
Because they would rip every single time. Yeah. I mean, and clothes are expensive. Yeah. Or you have to make them depending on what year we're in in this scenario. Yeah, I honestly <clears throat> couldn't tell in this one. Yeah. The last couple don't seem to... Well, aside from the vampire one, but this one. Yeah. And the last one. Um, so... I think this is the one too where she laughs in his face at one point. Oh yeah. Um, this is all what better, what big arms you have, all the better to hug you with, what big teeth you have, all the better to eat you with. And she laughed in his face. She knew she was nobody's meat. And this is as, yeah, he's having her like, take off her shawl, take off her shirt, dress, whatever. And then, after she laughs in his face, (laughs) she will lay his fearful head on her lap and pick out the lice from his pelt. Perhaps she will put the lice into her mouth and eat them, as he will bid her. Yeah. As she would do in a savage marriage ceremony. So, yeah, it's like, instead of killing the wolf, she tames the wolf in his giant genitals. I could have done without the eating of the lice part. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he can have the biggest genitals he wants, but I could have done without <laughs> the lice. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Ugh. It's also the second time um, that it's been mentioned. Uh, I think it was in Tiger's Ride and the wolf in this, like their birthdays are on Christmas. Mm. I, it's like, I, I don't know. I There's some kind of like running themes through some of these stories. Mm-hmm. Um you could probably find a bloody chamber in every single one of them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was just a weird one for me to, to, to note. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess an actual wolf is better than a man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it's trying to say. Let's just do without the lice, though. Oh, God, Please. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's, it's a way to signify you're married. I guess. But there's, like, mention of different wolves... Of where, like, you can see the, the lice or their hair is alive with them. And I'm just yeah. like, no. Ugh. I'm just going to be itching. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last story in this one is called Wolf Alice, which is one where we do get the young woman's name because she's called Wolf Alice. Yeah. She is a young girl raised by wolves. Um, definitely the characteristics of a wolf, like, going on all fours and doesn't really speak Mm -hmm. they found her in a wolf's den beside the body of her foster mother who had been shot to death Mm -hmm. uh i can't remember if there were any other like cubs with her or if it was just her um i think it's just her yeah uh so they bring her to a convent and they she's there for about nine days they're able to teach her a couple things but it gets to be basically too much and they deliver her to the household of the duke and it didn't at first i was like so does the duke know that like i feel like he did not agree to this arrangement and they kind of just dropped her (laughs) off and were like here you go (laughs) yeah Um, yeah it's a weird yeah he definitely is not like come in right because we don't really see them interact too much it's more her like she was taught a couple cleaning things at the, the convent, so she sweeps up the bones of his victims. Yeah. Um, but we don't really see them interact that much. No. It seems like all he can see is her hunger, so he kind of steers clear. Yeah. 
Or he's like, or if he's like her, like a wolf, but not a wolf. Is he a werewolf? I can't remember. Because it says like, talks about paw prints. And at first I thought he was a vampire because it said something about how he basically sleeps all day and comes out at night. But then it talks about his paw prints. He's a vampire werewolf? Maybe he's somehow a hybrid. How that happens. He's as white as leprosy with scabbling fingernails and nothing. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, he's not normal, and she's yeah. not normal. Yeah, this one describes him as monstrous, vampiric duke, but I don't know, because it seems like he's relates closer to a world, but maybe he's some type of weird hybrid. Yeah. Um, let's see. Because there's a part where it talks about how he was born with his teeth. Yeah. But... Yeah, right. If you stuff a corpse with garlic, he just thinks it's a good meal. So he's something. <laughs> but doesn't yeah, seem to be yeah. quite... Where is it? There was a part that talked about how, like, if he was a wolf, he'd basically be the runt of the pack, sort of. Like, he wouldn't be, like, the leader. Right. So. Let's see. Oh, when it goes into when she gets her first period. Yeah, that was um, a lot. Right. Because the nuns didn't get to that point in explaining it to her. And also, how would they explain this to her? Yeah. So at first she thought that he did something to her and then realized that he didn't. Um, And then when it goes away, like she uses, I think she just uses towel sheets, anything that she can find, basically. And then she basically sort of learns how to tell time by it so, or, or yeah. some type of time by it because she doesn't expect it to come back but obviously it comes back and she learns that this is like a cycle like a thing that's going to happen every X amount of time sorry I'm just thinking of like sheets and pillowcases and using those and yeah no yeah. <laughs> um, oh that's why I thought he might have been a vampire first because it also does talk about how he doesn't cast a reflection in the mirror mm-hmm. And then she discovers the mirror and thinks it's another, like, wolf type of being and doesn't realize right away that it's her reflection. Yeah, she, like, tries to nuzzle the glass and then it doesn't smell. Right. And and then she realizes it's doing the same thing she's doing. Right. And then when she goes farther, like, when she backs up, it goes farther away. Yeah. So one of the things, like, she does find a bunch of old clothes... And she finds one of his grandmother's bald ball gowns, and she actually does put it on. And then it's a white dress. And while that happen, while that's happening, some townspeople are getting together because one of them wants revenge for his dead bride, and he's going to basically he's setting out to kill the duke for his revenge. Um, he's got silver bullets. He's got holy water. He's ready. <laughs> Everything you need. Right. He's got all of his supplies. And he does actually, he gets them. When the Duke comes to the, I think, to the cemetery, he does shoot him in the shoulder. He does hit him. Um, for her, when she runs out and they see, basically what they see is a woman in a white dress, they think it has something to do with the dead bride and the people, like, run, all, run away. Yeah. Um, she goes to the Duke. She finds him and she... Licks the blood and dirt off of his face because he's in pain. And she's trying to comfort him a little bit, it seems. Yeah. I, it's, this one might be my least favorite because I just don't quite get it. Yeah. 
Did you have a favorite? Um, either Puss in Boots or probably still The Bloody Chamber. I do really love The Bloody Chamber. The Bloody Chamber was really good. What about you? Mm-hmm. I think it's a toss-up between The Bloody Chamber and... All right, so it's three. Bloody Chamber, the Earl King, or the Company of Wolves, the one where she cuts off her grandmother's hand. Well, the yeah, wolf's that hand. Was... <laughs> that's just as I'm like, yeah. who, who knew what? Who was setting out to do what here? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That one, for so short, as short as it is, it's, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah. Uh, do you have a book drink? Oh, God. <laughs> a Bloody Mary? Does, or not? Yeah. Does that work? That works. Yeah. Or um, I feel like, well, what's the dad getting drunk off of in the one where he loses his daughter? Grappa or something like that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. like the Bloody Mary, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went to brunch last Sunday because um, I, I, I happened to be out and about and almost got a Bloody Mary. Mm. And I was like, no, I can't have alcohol while I'm <laughs> antibiotics. Oh, um, uh, yeah. And also, I always think I'm going to like Bloody Marys, and I mm-hmm. usually don't. <laughs> I think I've only had them once where I was like, actually, that was really good. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah. I didn't, like, my mom was very much like, she knew I was drinking in college, but she would not allow me to drink in her presence or in her house until I was 21. But the one time she let me try one of her drinks was a Bloody Mary. And it, I swear it's because she knew I was not going to like it because I didn't really like tomatoey sauce. I didn't like a lot of sauce yeah. like on pizza and stuff like that. So I didn't really do like tomato juice and stuff like that. And she was right. I did not like it. And then I tried it a few years ago. I think it was my I think it was Jesse and Peter's bachelor weekend. I tried one of theirs. I was like, oh, my God, this is really good. Um Actually, we're supposed to be getting together with them this weekend for brunch, and he made a request for Bloody Marys if we do brunch. <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely got to be more than just like tomato juice and vodka, right? Right. Plus, I like all the like at Lucky Taco they do the fancy in Manchester. They do the uh, the fancy one with like celery, a peppercini, um, olives, lemon and lime on the side, shrimp, uh, one shrimp, and then like one piece of bacon. And it's like Damn. a whole thing. It's so good. Yeah, I think the one I had that was really good had like the pepper spices around the rim. Mm, mm-hmm. Like, you know how like you salt a margarita? It was like yeah. that. Yeah, I think, yeah, they do something yeah. like that too. There was I a place here that I did one that was like, I want to say pepper vodka, which I didn't like. Or something where it had a lot of pepper oh. in it. I didn't care for that. Yeah, no, you just need to go plain vodka. Yeah. 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 I really kind of want a Bloody Mary. Me too. Me too. <laughs> Hopefully this weekend. Yes. So, all right. We did it. We did it, yeah. Have you ever read just like a straight fairy tale collection before? Mm. Trying to think. I know I had like a collection of the Brothers Grimm and bounced around, but I don't think I ever finished the whole book. I'm trying to think what else. I think that would probably be it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like there's more and more like smaller modern collections are coming out. Anyways, yeah, I feel like they're kind of becoming more and more of a, maybe not a thing, but an excuse for an anthology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yes. All right. Do you know what you're reading next that's not for the podcast? God, I don't. Let's see. Um, 
So I did just make a list of things that I want to read that aren't like for podcasts or galleys. So I did just do that. Um, and we are kind of, yeah, I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm not necessarily like, because like for me, it's been back to back to back galleys. So I'm either going to go with I think the five, um, which is a nonfiction book on the Jack the Ripper um, victims. Oh. Chris was oops, Chris is reading that, or he just no, he just finished reading that. Did he like it? I think so. Yeah, um, the, yeah. It just came oof. in for the library for me. Cool. Um, so I'm either doing that or Enchanté, which is a book I won through Goodreads earlier this year. Nice. I should sit down and actually read. So. <laughs> I also I just won another book through Goodreads that I'm like we have to figure out some way to work it in. It's like everything. That I think both of us would love. And also the cover. Let me grab it. Hang on. <laughs> that is a girl with glasses. Oh, and her hair. Yes. Yes. I that like is glasses this. and curly hair. Yes. And it is amazing. So basically, it's like this, the girl on the cover created like this online world called Slay. Mm-hmm. And like, nobody knows she developed it. And it's like everybody in the world's playing it. And then like a teen is murdered over a dispute in the game. Oh, and so it gets like all over the news as being like a racist, exclusionist, violent thing. And she like created this as like an escape. Aww. And, uh, and like, um, they start to threaten that like, they're going to sue her for like anti-white discrimination. It's a God. lot. And I'm like, this is either going to be really, I don't want to say fun. I don't, I, it's either going to be really heavy <laughs> And good, or just really, I don't know. I'm really excited to read it, though. Nice. So, and apparently she, like, came up with the idea after um, seeing Black Panther and, like, realizing that, like, you can exist in spaces where people are, like, really just as geeky and nerdy about things as you are. And I was like, I'm I like that. here for this. Yes. So, it is on my list to read. It's not uh, not as soon as I want it to be, but yeah, <laughs> I, I want to work it in somehow. I think... <laughs> I think it'll be really good. Maybe we can find a way. Yeah. <laughs> so, if not, maybe maybe next year. Yeah. So, what about what you? Uh, um, I'm gonna continue with the last days of the Incas and hopefully finish by the next time. So that'll be that's the same, my same next time because I didn't realize how big it was. <laughs> Perfectly understandable. Yeah. All right. So next time on the podcast, our challenge for next time is a classic book that we have not read. So we've come up with one that neither of us has read. So this will be new for both of us. It's yes. Yeah. (laughs) Rebecca by Dame Daphne du Maurier. I apologize if I'm butchering her name. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So where can people find you besides the podcast? Uh, you can find me on my blog, which is uh, meggriffin.com. That's Meg with two G's. Um, that's going to have basically uh, anything podcast related, anything social media related, and anything book review. I don't know, whatever I'm talking about that day. So, um, yeah. What about you? Uh, for me, for now, still here at the podcast, and that's about it for now. But maybe more to come. Okay. <laughs> I'm always here for that. Me too. I swear, Chris and I still kind of want to do a podcast together, but I don't know sit down yep. and push on an episode <laughs> or two. His thing is just figuring out how to record on my Chromebook since I don't have because oh, right. my laptop 
died out. So I have the, just the Chromebook for now. We'll figure just it out. We'll see. Save up and get like a small laptop. Yeah. <laughs> or just like a handheld mic. I don't know. Yeah. Or there's, I've seen stuff like online of things we could try, but I just haven't tried it yet. So we'll see. Gotcha. Yeah. And as for us, you can find us on all the social media at JBC Podcast. There's also the Facebook page, A Handbook for Judging Fabulous Retellings Covers. So join us in two weeks uh, with Rebecca, our classic that we have not read. And in the meantime, keep supporting your local libraries.